Bible to Romans, the book of Romans, chapter 15. And you can find that on page 950 in your pew Bible. Next week, we embark on a 2013 sermon series through the greatest letter ever written, the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Rome. And I believe, I'm I'm convinced that this series of messages by the power of the Holy Spirit will transform people's lives. I'm convinced of that because it's happened many, many, many times before. Go back through church history and you would see the effect that this one epistle in the New Testament has had on all of church history. All the great reformations and revivals resulted by God's power and you you track back through them, you you do a forensic search and they all track back to the book of Romans, this particular letter. No other text in Holy Scripture has had more influence on the church fathers, on theologians for the past 2,000 years than Romans. Am I building it up? I I should probably build it up higher than I am because it's that important that we understand and that we study and that we cherish this book. Martin Luther called it, quote, the chief part of the New Testament. And he said it was truly the purest gospel. And then John Calvin wrote this. He wrote, if we have gained a true understanding of this epistle... We have an open door to all the most profound treasures of Scripture. So now you've heard it. From Martin Luther to Calvin and and, a little bit of me, this is a big deal. And, And I can be sure that this will have a powerful effect because it had the impact in my life of leading me to Christ when I was a high school student. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of the Roman road. You ever heard that? Anyone? A few of you? Uh, a way of using the, the, the book of Romans, particular passages of Scripture in context, not cherry-picked, but passages in Romans, to very effectively and very clearly and powerfully share the gospel. And, and a fellow named Scott Howland in Oakland, California, he's now a, a sergeant, maybe he's a lieutenant in, in the uh, Highway Patrol in California when I was a high school student, shared the Roman road with me at the Oakland First Covenant Youth House. I'm sitting on a I can remember a a plaid green and gold couch. And he said, let me explain it to you. We walked through Romans. And that's how I heard the gospel. And I can be certain because when I became a pastor, I, I vowed, I made a vow that I would preach through the letter of Romans once a decade when I was in ministry. And in my first call in Minnesota, about two years into uh, my pastorate, we began a series in the book of, of Romans, and it took three years. Now, I broke it up, so don't, don't worry. We're, we're not going to go three years through. In fact, we're going to go at a relatively quick pace. But that sermon series from 2003 to 2006 had a powerfully positive impact, not only on, on the church 
but, but on myself, and especially in my primary role as an evangelist when I stand in the pulpit. And now in Nielsville, it's been two years that we've been together, and now it's our time. It's our opportunity to go through, really to climb up, in a way, this most magnificent letter. And I look forward to doing that with you. The title of the series will be Romans Encountering the Gospel's Power. That title comes from John Stott's commentary on, on the letter of Romans. And my men's group is going through that every Wednesday night. We're working through a men's Bible study. Well, it's, it's for anyone, but ours is for men. In fact, men, if you're making any kind of New Year's resolution, uh, maybe the resolution would be, I want to I grow my faith. So you are inviting. I am inviting you right now to come every Wednesday night to my house at 730 to join us as we study through uh, the book of Romans. And as I said, it's going to be a relatively quick pace. And so I'm thankful that uh, Elder uh, Glenn Bell is going to be doing a parallel sort of one week behind uh, series of Sunday school classes and and discussions on the text so you can go a little deeper, review, and, and look deeper into that. So please avail yourself of that. Our premise... The gospel has life-changing power, world-changing power. It has the power to save and to impact and to change all kinds of people. People of, of every nationality, every walk of life, like the Magi coming and then going back with the gospel. It has the, it has the power of God to transform And that power comes from God, and that's so critical to understand because everything that the Apostle Paul writes in this letter is about God. It's about who God is, and by extension, about God's good news for us. Today is just a brief introduction, uh, and then we'll begin with chapter 1 next week. But what I'd like to do is look at part of the conclusion the, the letter of Romans sort of ends like a, an epic-length movie that has more than one ending. Did anyone here see The Lord of the Rings? You know, it seemed like it had five endings. Like, is it over yet? No, no, it's not quite yet. They have, it has one of those kinds of feels to it. And this is one of the endings that Paul has after this powerful letter, all these things that he challenges the people with, that he says at the end of the letter, now I know that you already know everything I just said, but I really, really, really want to make sure that you get it. And then he writes this, and let's, let's look at, uh, let's see, verses 18 to 21. And I just want to take a few minutes to focus on what Paul says here about his ambition to preach the gospel. Listen now to God's word. He writes... For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God. So that from Jerusalem and all the way around to um, Ilrikim, which is near modern-day Albania, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, 
Those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter while he was still in Corinth. He was planning to visit Rome after a quick trip to Jerusalem, and then he was building up a head of scheme to head out to the new ministry frontier of Spain. And so Rome was a very important church, a very important place, a center of the, of the known world. So he was going to make a quick trip to Jerusalem, but he never met the Romans, so he writes this letter by way of, of introduction. Now, after years of hoping to see Paul, some of the Roman Christians were beginning to wonder if he was ever coming at all. So here at the end of his letter, in which he surveyed the full scope of the gospel, Paul writes that, that it was his commitment to the ministry that has kept him from Rome. And he says that all that he's accomplished has been a result of God's blessing and God's timing, God's power, he writes, of, of signs and wonders. He wants to impress upon them that, that the success that he has, has seen through his ministry is, is all on account of of God's power. And then we come to the critical verse that I want to speak about for just a few moments. Verse 20, look with me. He says, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. Paul's ambition, what drove him, what, what he desired most was to share the gospel with people who had not yet heard it. That's what fueled three missionary journeys over the course of a decade that sent him all over the known world. Everywhere Paul went with his companions, they were faced with fierce persecution on account of the gospel and its polarizing response. And we can read about how in in Ephesus, the leader said, Paul is turning the world upside down. But Paul was, was driven. Everything he did, everything was about this one goal. And Paul adds that he acted upon the principle that was written in the book. That quote there is from Isaiah 52. He says, I, I was doing this because Isaiah 52, 15, those who have never heard, those who had never heard been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. It's interesting that Paul doesn't say, I do this because I got knocked off my horse in Damascus. I I, I do this because Scott Howland shared the gospel with me on that green and gold plaid sofa. Paul Paul ties his his ambition to the word. He says, no, I, I searched God's word. I came to Isaiah 52 and that was it. This is what drives me. This is what's been driving me for 10 years. So the Apostle Paul had a a holy ambition to preach the gospel to people who had not heard. He, I'm going to use, he, he, he yearned to proclaim Jesus. So out of this one little verse, I have four points that I think relate to, to our church, to us, Nielsville, for our mission and for our ministry going in to 2013. Four points that connect Paul's ambition to 
our own ambition. Point number one, Paul had a greater calling, but we carry the same gospel. Paul was a better preacher, but he didn't preach a better gospel. We're going to venture through Romans, and as I said at the beginning, we're not going to really venture through it. We're going to kind of climb it as if we're climbing the Himalayas. So think of today as is going to the base camp and acclimating ourselves to this incredible feat. And, and I must say, it's been 10 years, but I'm a little nervous. And I, I looked at some of my notes from my previous sermons, and I, who was that guy? Those are terrible sermons. <laughs> and they don't make any sense. And they're so short. And you're like, gosh, they're, they're short now. What's going to happen? But, but I've grown, and we all need to, to grow. We've covered nearly all of the fundamentals these past two years, from God's attributes and God's covenant to the Sermon on the Mount, the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, and pretty much all of the core teachings of the faith. And now it is time to, to examine, to dive deep into the purest deposit. I love this quote from Kevin DeYoung. You hear me talk about the gospel a lot, and, and I, I fear some of us think, gosh, he's, we've heard it, we know it. But I love this quote from Kevin DeYoung. It really uh, nails the, the hammer to the head of the nail on the importance of knowing the gospel. He writes, If the gospel is old news to you, it will be dull news to everyone else. I like that. It's like I've heard this before a million times. Then when you have the opportunity to share that gospel, even to live it out for someone else, it will feel dull and rote, not fresh. So Paul had a greater calling, but we carry the same gospel. And because we carry the identical gospel as Paul, it requires a similar ambition to spread it. Notice, this is point two, notice I didn't say the same ambition, but a similar ambition. The gospel requires of us to have a similar ambition to Paul's and to take similar, similar risks. And I, I'm not suggesting that we're going to end up in prison like Paul or get beaten up like Paul, but it takes sacrifice for the gospel to move forward. Remember what Jesus says, this is, is light in darkness it means that he's sending us into dark places. He says that we are like sheep among what? Fuzzy, warm no, wolves. They're not fuzzy and warm. Well, they might be, but not with all the sharp teeth. So in, in, in that sense, the gospel makes the same claim upon us as it did upon Paul. If we rest on our laurels, satisfied with what's been accomplished, I can't help but think that somewhere along the way, we will have missed the radical nature of the faith. We will have missed what is radical about being a Christian, and we will have replaced it with what is comfortable. And I'm not suggesting we turn off the heat and we have outdoor services. I'm suggesting that we consider the ambition we are to have. Because this is a price that we cannot afford to pay. Not for ourselves, 
Again and again, Scripture says that that person who seeks that kind of comfort is a fool. Not for the next generation. If you think that the gospel is old and tired, it will be old and tired and boring to our youth. And it's, it's a price that the people that we are charged to bring the gospel to cannot afford. If, if we shrink back from sharing the good news, if we settle into self-indulging faith, how many people who need the gospel will not hear it? How many of them will remain in the dark? Our world needs to see Christians who are on fire. Not with self-righteous fury. I'm not talking about fire and brimstone. I'm talking about burning with passion for God. People that want to live out the words that, that Ryan just just saying to us, Lord, give us a, a holy ambition to fulfill our mission. Because Nielsville is open and ready for gospel work every day of the year, not just at Christmas. The, the, the amazing truth is that this church, you, are having an impact in people's lives every day, every week, every season of the year. Point number three. We have the identical gospel, so we need a similar ambition individually and corporately. And number three, we also need the same kind of focus. It's interesting. Notice Paul, Paul focused his ministry. He focused, he, he took Isaiah 52 and he made, he made a mission plan out of that. And so you can look at maps and maybe we'll do that or maybe in Glenn's class you'll look at all the mission trips that he went on and how critical Romans, the, the church in Rome was to, to take the gospel where it had not been heard. Well, but Paul was a, a frontier missionary. His call is different from our call. But like Paul, we need to stay focused and we need to invest in smart ways, in focused ways. We need to partner with other churches and other believers in our region in smart ways too. So in the new year, in 2013, I, I, this is on my heart to you as your pastor. I think that we need to focus on community relations. How do we share who we are as Nielsville to our wider region with all this wonderful construction, all the excitement that's building? People are saying, wow, look at that church on the cross. I never noticed it before. It's there. That we'd be ready I think we need to focus on local missions. We need to focus on on family ministries. That includes children's and junior high and senior high and, and young adults. And we need to really carefully consider how we use our facility. Uh, one of our elders this past week at, at an elders meeting, when we were looking at the budget for next year, raised a really interesting insight when we when we considered, when he considered how much our facility is being used. And you think about what we invest into local and global missions. Think about the investment we are making in allowing so many different worthy uh, groups and causes to use our facility all the time. You think, gosh, why do they need to paint again? Well, we need to paint again because 
There are hundreds and hundreds of people walking in through the halls and using classrooms and, and equipment all the time. I hadn't really thought about that. It's just sort of like uh, the holidays. You just open the door and let people come in and just get an extra plate and we can make room. And we need to think about how can we do that in smart ways. And point number four, since Jesus' great commission to make disciples of all nations is still in effect We ought to start the new year praying that God would not only make all of us evangelists in our own area, in in this region of the world, but we should also begin the new year by praying that he would raise up among us missionaries to take the gospel where it has never gone before. There are young missionaries in these pews right now. The next pastor is sitting out there who's going to have someone else come by. It won't be a a golden green plaid. I hope not. I hope that thing's been burned and and incinerated, that couch. But that next pastor, that next missionary, that next social worker, that next advocate's international person, that next engineer who wants to use her skills to impact people in the third world, they are being raised in our midst. So let's pray that God uses us to prepare them, to send them forth. Let's carry the gospel. Let's burn with passion. Let's focus our mission and let's raise up the next generation of missionaries. And let's close with prayer. Lord, may our New Year's series stoke a desire in our hearts to live for you, to be ambitious for what pleases you, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Grow in us the passion, Lord, that you have already stoked a fire in. And grant that we should be more and more like Christ, conformed to his image. We pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Friends, would you please stand? And we may not have enough sheets, so you might have to share. But the words are printed in your bulletin. We've sung this before. Please stand. Let's sing with Ryan before the throne of God above.